invite you to join us for a half hour of inspiration, sharing, and teaching in a new program of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This comes as an outreach of the Logos Ministry for Orthodox Renewal, headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The founder of this ministry of faith is Father Eusebius Stefanu, Greek Orthodox priest, author, and evangelist, who's been called by God out of pastoral and professorial posts to proclaim the end-time message of salvation, healing, and deliverance in Jesus Christ. Father Stefanu comes to share a message of love and hope with both those who've never known Christ and those who are already members of the church but have never experienced the fullness of God's redeeming grace and healing power. At the close of the program, we will give you the address where you can write our evangelist. It will also appear on your screen in the course of the program. And now, our speaker and host, Father Eusebius Stefanu. Welcome to another program on Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is being taped on the day when uh, Skylab re-entered into Earth's atmosphere and finally landed on Earth. You'll remember how much concern there was about how Skylab was going to land and whether the different pieces that would break off would uh, fall on uh, inhabited areas uh, and how much uh, damage uh, would be inflicted upon uh, people that may be in that particular area where Skylab would land or the portions of Skylab would, la would land. There, there was so much apprehension expressed and uh, real concern. Uh, I thought that was very, very revealing because uh, it, it kind of uh, indicated almost dramatically that truly we live uh, in a space age at a time when so much uh, of our attention will be diverted and directed toward space and literally, uh, literally uh, we will begin to raise, to lift our heads and look upward. Uh, it reminds me of uh, the prophetic scriptures that we have in the New Testament about the time when uh, the powers of heaven will be shaken. That's the way Jesus puts it in that prophetic scripture. He says, And there shall be signs in the sun, in the moon, in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity. So what we experienced with Skylab landing, I mean, was just a small inkling, a little sample, a, a little foretaste of what really is to come. And Jesus says, and when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Because we believe that Jesus will come down on a cloud of glory in power, and all men and women will at that time lift up their heads. And as Jesus says, Raise your eyes, lift up your head, for your redemption draweth nigh. In other words, the day of the return of Jesus is not very far off. I would like to speak uh, more about this subject today, but before I get to the main message, I would like to express my warmest thanks to all of you who have 
supported this ministry thus far, and it is only with your backing this program, with your offerings, that I have been able to carry on this far. You know, television time is very expensive, and I continue to count on your prayers and upon your offerings. And I want to thank you for all of you that have written me so far. Now, if you are one of those that have never written, you've never really taken the time off, you, you've, t you've put it off, I want to ask you to sit down and write me a letter, and in your letter will encourage me and hearten me in this uh, very vital ministry that's directed to the church today, because the church has an urgent need today for renewal and to hear the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ all over again. Let me just read a couple of letters just to show you uh, what the uh, response of uh, our viewers have been. Here's a letter from a viewer in Chicago, Illinois. Dear Father Stefano, praise and thank God for TV this afternoon. I went to morning service today but this afternoon, while sitting alone, praying and thinking, I turned on the TV, and there you were reading and explaining portions of Scripture. It was the answer to my need and hurting heart. Oh, thank you, Father Stefano. May God bless and keep you on TV with the Logos Outreach. Here is another letter from a viewer in Franklin, Wisconsin. Dear Father Stefano, I really enjoyed your TV program when I watched it yesterday. I just gave a sigh of relief that you are on that tube. It's like a stamp of approval to the Catholic people that what they hear and see on TV from other Christian preachers, that the Bible should be read and the words in it should be put into action. And another letter from a viewer in Chicago. Dear Father Stefano, God bless you real good for putting so much stress on being born again. I never heard anyone tell the good news like you do. May God always strengthen you and encourage you. I thank God for you. Well, praise God for such wonderful support and for such a wonderful response to this outreach. My desire, my beloved, is simply to preach that simple gospel of the love of God that was manifested in Jesus Christ to proclaim it anew, to declare it afresh to the people of God who have been so involved in religious externals that they have virtually forgotten and lost sight of that main core of Christianity, the gospel, the love, uh, and the atoning death and triumphant resurrection of Jesus Christ that Jesus wants to be received into our hearts as personal Savior and Lord. You are a member of the church, but perhaps you have never come into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I want to tell you that Jesus loves you and that he wants you to accept him into your heart. He wants to live on the inside of you because that's how much he loves you. He's not satisfied being on the outside and looking in from outside, but he wants to make your heart, he wants to make your body the temple of his Holy Spirit. Receive him. We're living 
in the last days when God is uh, making uh, his love so much more manifested and that he's making available that divine, that heavenly provision, that anointing and that unction of the Holy Spirit according to the prophecy of Joel for these last days. And God, this preparation is so exciting. We're living in days of preparation because Jesus Christ is preparing his church. He's speeding up that preparation for his return. But he wants you and me to love him and to enter into a love relationship with him. My friend, we're living in a day when we have to mean business with God. It's not enough to go through the religious motions. There are so many people that go to church hungry and they leave hungry. They go empty and they leave empty. They live a wilderness experience because they have never known Christ and the power of his resurrection. And because we like to, to flirt with the world, we like to be Christians, but so many of us like to have one foot in the world of the flesh and of sin and disobedience and another foot in God's kingdom. But the time is coming when we no longer can compromise our faith, my beloved. It's the nature of the day in which we live. Like the Bible says, it is the last hour and we need to go all the way with Christ. I tell you, my beloved, that God wants us to make a decision. Are we going to go all the way with the Lord Jesus Christ? Or are we going to just play religious games? And I, I dare say that many of us in the churches today are doing that, that they're playing religious games. And they're really playing with fire. They are gambling their eternal security. You cannot play with God because it says there, God is a consuming fire and it is frightful to fall into the hands of the living God. God loves you, but he cannot force you. He cannot coerce you. He just invites you. And he summons you into his kingdom of righteousness through Jesus Christ our Lord. So it is a day that God will no longer put up with compromise. Don't you see it around today? I see it. I see Jesus Christ becoming alive, coming alive in the hearts and lives of so many men and women in our churches today. God is revolutionizing spiritually the lives of so many people in our churches. It's amazing. It's extraordinary. And I believe it's a special move of God in our day. God will no longer put up with compromise. It's the time of sifting, the time of winnowing. There is no more straddling of the fence. You have to go all the way with Christ or all the way with the devil. And I think God is speaking to the church today. He is reminding the church in those words of the Apostle Peter that the time is come that judgment must begin with the house of God. In other words, 
God is going to deal first with the church. Some people say, look at the government. Look at the schools. Look at the courts. But you know what God is saying? Look at the church. God is not pleased with the conditions that prevail in the church today. There is too much lukewarmness in the church, too much laxity. In fact, not many years after Jesus Christ ascended into heaven, a spiritual laxity fell upon the church. And I want to read from the second chapter of the book of Revelation, where God warns the church. Imagine as far back as the turn of the first century, the church had fallen away. It, it, it had it suffered a measure of falling away. In other words, it, became, it began to dilute the intensity of faith and love. And God's voice speaks to the church back then, directed to the church, particularly of Ephesus. And I read verse 4, chapter 2. I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. You have left your first love, God says. In other words, that love is not there that used to be there, that intense, that fervor for Jesus Christ, that consecration, that commitment, that desire for Jesus Christ is no longer there. And I believe that that's what God is saying to the church today, that the church is wrapped up in so many other preoccupations and so many other activities, many times secular activities, that it has lost its devotion and its love for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not the center of the church. Jesus is not preeminent as much as he should be. Our church is not Christ-centered as much as it should be. And God warns the church of Ephesus, Remember, from where you have fallen, and repent. That's the message of, of God to the church today. It's not the message to the world, but it's primarily the message to the church. Imagine, God is telling the church, which is the body of Christ. It's almost incredible. It's, it's paradoxical. How could God ask the church to repent when the church is the body of Christ? It consists of Believers in Jesus Christ who have already become children of God and yet they need repentance. And God says, or else I will come unto thee quickly and I will remove thy candlestick out of its place except you repent. And my beloved, I want to tell you that I was in Ephesus not too many weeks ago on my visit to Turkey. That's right, Asia Minor. And I went and looked up the old city of Ephesus. And you know, all you can see there are simply ruins. The city no longer exists. All you see there are just a lot of stones and pillars and columns from uh, the ancient pagan temples fallen to the ground. The city is just a heap of ruins. It no longer exists. And you know, these words were made real to me 
When I went there, I thought of these words. And the promise of God came to pass. It was real. It fulfilled. God fulfilled his warning. And that city no longer exists there. In other words, God indeed removed the candlestick out of its place because the church failed to repent. So God is dealing with the church today. And we need to be responsive and to have a sensitivity to the voice of God to hear what God is telling us. And then in chapter 3, the voice of God speaks to the church of Sardis and calls the church dead. I know thy works, that thou hast a name that thou livest, and thou, that thou art dead. Isn't it paradoxical that the Lord himself should call his church dead? Because the church is the body of Christ. It consists of born-again, spirit-filled believers. And yet even those in the church can fall away so far from the Lord that they can become literally, spiritually speaking, dead. In other words, inert, lacking spiritual vitality and spiritual life. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain, the Lord says, that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. We're living in a day, my beloved, that God wants the works of the church perfect. He will not put up with anything less than perfection in the church. God is perfecting his work in the church. He's doing a work of perfection. And he wants to raise his people to a new level, to a new position, to a new plane of spiritual perfection in preparation for that last day in readiness for the return of his Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the same voice of God is directed to the church of Laodicea in chapter 3 of Revelation, verse 14. And the Lord says, I know thy works. God is aware of what's going on. He keeps an eye on the church. He searches the hearts and reins of men. Nothing escapes the attention of God. I know, I know thy works. God is saying, I know what's going on in the church today. I know that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. So God will no longer put up with spiritual lukewarmness. God is looking for a church that will be aglow in the spirit. A church that will be spiritually vibrant and dedicated and consecrated to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. A church that will be filled with his quickening spirit. Because a church that's dead is a church that is devoid of the Holy Spirit. And a church that's devoid of the Holy Spirit is a church that consists of members that lack that fullness, the fullness of the Holy Spirit. 
So my beloved, God is speaking to you today. You may be a member of the church, but he's telling you, I don't want you to be cold. I, wa I don't want you to be neither cold nor hot. Make up your mind. That's right, it's an hour of decision. Decide. Mean business with God and go all the way with him. Be on fire with love for Jesus Christ. God doesn't want simple faith. No, he wants a love from you and from me. He wants you and me to be consumed with love for Jesus, to be passionately in love with him, to know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, God dealt with his people from way back, from the times of the old covenant. God dealt with the children of Israel many hundreds of years before Christ. Remember when uh, the children of Israel had uh, made a golden calf and fell down and worshipped it while Moses was at the top of the Mount Sinai receiving those tablets with the Ten Commandments. And when Moses came down, God dealt with them. And uh, Moses challenged the, the, the children of Israel. And I read in chapter 32 of Exodus, Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. And that's what God is telling you today. Who is on the Lord's side? Are you on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. Come to me then. Stand by me. Stand up and, and be counted. Stand up and be counted. That's what God is saying. And don't compromise your faith. You cannot serve two masters. You can't be with the devil and be with Christ at the same time. And you remember what God had done with all those disobedient apostate children of Israel. It says there that the children of Levi did according to the word of Moses and there fell of the people that day about 3,000 men. There were 3,000 that were put to the sword. In other words, executed as judgment from God. So God will not put up with compromise, but he wants us to mean business with him. And you will also remember at the time of Joshua, when the Jews, when uh, they entered the land of Canaan, and they battled the enemy to clear out the land, you remember that periodically they would fall into idolatry. They would flirt with the idolatrous religions of their neighbors. And then they would repent. And God would save them. But God would also send his judgment upon them when they would fall into apostasy. And uh, Joshua challenged them. And he, he said, How many of you will serve God. How many of you? As for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. Choose you this day, he challenged the Israelites. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. 
But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. How many of you are ready to say, yes, Lord. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I have made my decision. I have chosen. I have made my choice. And also in the days of the prophet Elijah, again, the children of Israel had fallen into idolatry. And at that time, God raised up the prophet Elijah. And he challenged them uh, with a similar challenge, saying, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Baal was uh, the god of the pagans. So God is telling you and me today, How long are you going to be straddling the fence? If the Lord be God, if Jesus Christ is your Lord, follow him. If the devil's going to be your Lord, Follow him. Stop compromising. There is no fellowship between light and darkness. You have to make up your mind. And my beloved, this is the challenge of the church today. We have to go all the way with Jesus Christ. God wants you and me to be aglow in the spirit. We have to be on fire for Christ. To such a degree where people will start calling us, that's right, fanatics. When someone starts calling you a fanatic Christian, then you might... Start believing that you're a glow in the spirit, that there's something about you. You're on fire for Jesus and that you have a witness. You're manifesting a testimony of faith. People can see it, can see your love for Jesus Christ. That you're 100% for Jesus who died on the cross to take your sins and to make you righteous in the sight of God. My beloved, we're living in the last day and God's judgment is going to come upon the world, but it's going to come upon the church too. God is sifting his people. He's getting that ark ready. Are you in there? Are you in the kingdom? Are you all the way in the kingdom of God? It's not worth taking a chance, my beloved. I don't have much more time uh, to dwell on this right now. We're running out of time, but I just want to leave this final word with you that God loves you out there, whoever you are. And he wants you to receive the fullness of, of your spiritual inheritance. You may be a baptized and confirmed chrismated Christian, but you don't know Jesus. Give your life to him completely. Surrender yourself to him. And give Jesus first place in your life. Give up the gods of this world, the gods of pleasure and hedonism, and all the gods of materialism, the god of greed, and all those other gods and the forces around you that claim your loyalty. Give your loyalty completely to Jesus. He's coming soon. He's the soon coming King. And we're going to receive him. And we're going to meet him as he comes on that cloud in glory and in power. My beloved, I'm going to ask that you just open your heart to the Lord and confess him all over again and renew and reaffirm your commitment to Him. I'm going to ask you to write me this week. As I leave you today, I want to ask that God richly bless each and every one of you. And if you write me, I'm going to send you a copy of my magazine, The Logos Magazine. I would like to send you a copy to share with you what God is doing in this ministry of renewal. 
May God's richest blessings be upon you. We thank you for having joined Father Stefanu in this new broadcast of Inspiration in Faith. We hope you will tune in again next week for another half hour of Orthodox Christian Renewal. This program is made possible by the free will offerings of the viewers. Your prayerful and financial support is vital to the continuance of this telecast.